What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Spawn on Me podcast, episode 279. I am Sharif Jacketa.com, ReefJack.SharifJackson.com. Uh, our captain, Kelly Adams, is out on a, on a voyage. Um, I'll, I'll, is it fantastic? Hey, it might be fantastic. He he right. he he might have some Coolio braids right now. Right? Uh, yes. <laughs> e- either either the old ones or like Coolio now, where like he has like one braid. That's yeah, like tied yeah. up on like a bald head. It looks really bad. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> that voice you hear is, of course, the Bruce Wayne of Bricago, the Baron of Bourbon. Get those wonderful toys. Yes. The the uh, Baron of a Bourbon, one that we haven't heard in a couple of weeks, but I must reintroduce it. Sneezes. Yes. Sneezes. Yes. Cicero Holmes. What's up, man? I'm doing very very well. Thank you very much. Uh, the weather around here is it's looking like the forecast is looking like we have round the proverbial corner okay and tomorrow tomorrow sharif jackson in the chicago the greater chicago land milwaukee area the high temperature will be above freezing all right i was about to say i don't, I don't want you jinxing us because one thing that i hate i you know i, I had to park a couple blocks away from my apartment today and all that <laughs> snow is starting to melt, and there's nothing but ice on the sidewalks. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like all your walk, you're like walking between two huge mounds of snow, yes. and it all melts. So it's all between it is ice. It's, it's just like an ice canyon. A dangerous <laughs> trek that I had to make to make it here tonight. Um, and like uh, also like on the street when you park on the street, everybody's car is parked like on a gangster lane because because yes. you get the park. On top of frozen snow, so yes. everybody's car is like tilted upwards. Really weird. Yes. Really, yeah. Really everyone's weird. everyone's suspension is gonna be all messed exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah, man. Being, in a, little, uh, being, being, being a Midwesterner is weird. Like, yeah, like, it is. Like, it is. Like, like I've been here almost six years. Still weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, you know, and I've been here double that amount of time, and and uh, it is definitely, um, it it just goes to further accentuate, uh just how great and diverse this wonderful country of ours is yeah yeah, yeah. for sure um, yeah, um yeah. i love yeah, it yeah man so uh l- l- let's start talking about some games but before we do want to give a shout out to frank cefaldi our uh, guest, oh my gosh uh for episode 278 a lot of good retro gaming stuff that on, on his like a uh, museum um and yeah he uh shared some uh Great stories about his uh, ROM days. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, it yes. was it, it was like a really fun time. Um, yes, and if you subscribe to our Patreon, you can get some some additional conversation with him as well. Um, big big time conversations. Yeah, big time conversations yeah, that you so, don't want to miss. So, as a pre social media shout out, make sure to go to patreon.com slash spawn on me and like th- th- throw us a buck or two there to to get access. But enough shilling. Uh, let's talk about some games. Um, games, some games. Uh, all right. So I've been diving knee deep into Anthem, uh, the game everyone yeah. loves to hate. Um, mm-hmm. I am about forty hours in. Surprisingly, wow. I, I went and wow. looked at my counter. I was like, "Yo, I've really been playing a lot of Anthem." Um, and I guess my final thing on it, in terms of like my impressions, is that it is a game. They try to make a new not a new genre, but a new kind of game. And both audiences are 
they're well, I almost say mostly, but the vocal minority is very dissatisfied because the because like the people that want a straight Bioware game where like you go out with your with your squad on missions and you have romances and stuff, that's not here. So like they're upset, and and like the people that just want to skip the story and get to the end game and get all this uh d- different loot and stuff, like Anthem doesn't have a well developed end game yet. So like that, so like th- th- they're disappointed. So it's like it's really been getting slammed. Uh, when really I think that what Bioware wanted to do is they're like trying to make something different, and the risk with that is you alienate these two groups and i think that they've sure. done that which is unfortunate i love the game i accept it for what it is i think the flying is like fun i think that the uh legendary contracts and like stuff is like fun but it's a game that you know i got 40 hours out of it if i don't play it again to me i'm like that's worth 60 bucks you know sure. and i feel like there's this thing where if you make these games as a service game there's this thought where if if it if you're not compelled to play it every day, if you're not compelled to spend 2000 hours in it, then it's a failure. And I'm like, nah, like I'm good. I got 40 hours out of it. Now I'm still right. going to play, but like most of these games, I'm going to play for a bit and then I'm going to pick it back up when the content drops. I did the same thing with a destiny too. They just, they, they just came out with the season of the uh, drifter with gambit prime and like all this stuff. I hadn't played destiny two in like f- four weeks. You know, but I picked it back up and I got got it back in. It'll be the same thing with the division two. I'll play it when it comes out on the fifteenth, and then I might put it down and wait for the content. I feel like you don't have to play a game every day for it to be a success or like for it to be a a good game. Even with these games as a service game, I I just feel like there's so much pressure on these devs to have endless content for people that are just going to blow through it. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the game. I understand the frustrations. I understand the criticism. I just think some some, some of it is unwarranted um, because it's something that people complain about for all these games as a service games. Uh, have you gotten in any uh, Anthem time at all, uh, C? And what, what's your general thoughts on these uh, on these live service games? Which, again, I'm I do I don't call them looter shooters. <laughs> <laughs> uh i i tried i tried to get uh destiny like trending it did not work but i did i did hear someone else call them co-op shooters um which i do like i do like that one very very much i i can get behind co-op shooters uh so shout out to whoever that was i forgot who it was but uh yeah co-op shooters um but uh so uh, have I played any Anthem? Uh, my partner this week said to me, you're addicted to this game. <laughs> um, so, so I, I'm, I'm guessing that. So yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that I have been playing a little bit of Anthem. Um, uh, so where Anthem succeeds for me is, is it is scratching that same destiny itch. That same itch that Destiny had, that same itch that Borderlands had, these co-op shooters um, where uh, the game, a a large percentage of the game's fun is the fact that you are communing with your friends again. 
mm-hmm. and getting into ridiculous shenanigans with your friends. Um, and that is the part of, uh, the game that I really, really love. And, and you know, and, and, um, this, one of the wonderful things about gaming is, is developing these friendships with these people that you've never met, but have been, but are, are friends with you know who they are you know about their families you know about their lives um and you know to the point where you know them as well as you've known friends that you've known for a really long time because they are friends that you've known for a really long time and um you know there is a core group of guys that i've been playing with on the xbox for the since xbox live began you know 15 some odd years ago so, um, you know, so we have literally matured as adults together and it is a joy. So, you know, when, when I'm gaming, sometimes I am in a private chat with them and I'm enjoying the time and the company to, to play with them, but I'm also distracted because I'm playing one thing, they're playing something else and we're not playing together, but we're hanging out. Yeah. Um, it, there is, there is something really kind of uh uh i I don't know primal about being able to do the same thing with those groups of people um that just innately brings me joy um and and uh anthem is is being you know has given me the ability to do that again and for that i really appreciate it for for lots of things i really really appreciate this game um being able to Iron Man my way through this beautiful world is something I didn't know I wanted, but now I can't unhave that. I can't not have that again. Um, the the mechs, the javelins, uh, that are just phenomenal. They're just phenomenal to just play around with, and and the fact that they are they truly are distinct. They play completely differently. Is is a, another real great success that uh, that Bioware has accomplished, the EA has accomplished. Um, but for those people that have issues, for, you know, the vocal minority, not all of the issues are with without merit. Um, oh, for sure. There is there are certain things like, you know, we talk about Division two by by all hints, you know, everything that we've played so far and everything that I've been hearing uh, behind the scenes, it really sounds like Ubisoft understood and really learned from their the, the mistakes of the past. And they're coming out the gate with with something that seems like it's going to be meaty. They're talking about the campaign being 40 hours. So maybe it's 35 hours, but that's, yeah, that's, that's significant. Yeah. yeah. That's truly, truly significant. I mean, that's a single player campaign. Um, and then you get to the end game and then you, you know, you get to, you know, my worry for, for the division two is that I don't know if I'll have enough time in me to be able to dedicate 40 hours to, the solo campaign and then be able to, you know, start playing the end game after that um, in, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. And uh, so, but they're ready. It sounds like Anthem was not ready. Uh, You know, and I think objectively you could say that this game was not ready. And, and some of that has to do with the growing pains of understanding what a co-op shooter is and 
and how you're able to make your systems work in that space. Um, it, that's, that's one portion of it. But another portion of it, it definitely is, um, emulating the success of your, the successes of your predecessors and innovating on those things. And I think that at some level, Bioware definitely did that. Um, and they tried to incorporate their own things, which are, which is, um, you know, the story. And there are story elements and there are some very few, but some choices that you can make that have some level of consequence. Um, at least based on the way that I've been playing it so far. But, uh, where I think they, where I think they have some work to do is, uh, in, in the space of really understanding where they miss the boat. Um, uh, load screens are really, really bad. And, and, you know, I think this game can use some optimization. Uh, it's, it's not even load times now. It's more load frequency. Um, oh, interesting. And yeah. So, you know, it's the, it's the, the amount of load screens that you wind up wind up having during the course of a play session that I think uh, is is an annoyance um, if I can if I can use one word um, and and I think that annoyance if I could give a tip to EA about something uh, during you know so during those load screens if the load screens have to be there let's remove the the static screen. Um, and, and, you know, let me as the, as the user be able to cycle through many static screens with many different tips. Um, so, so that way I can learn more about this game, which is another one of its failings. Uh, I had to have a friend of ours come into, uh, into the game and play with us. And he was gracious enough to play with us, but when he was playing with us, explained how things worked in a way that the game never did. And it totally changed a, the way that I played the game and it increased my level of enjoyment of the game exponentially. Mm-hmm. But these are things that I would not have learned just playing the game. Um, and you know, obviously there are advanced things that you can learn by, you know, going through a Reddit feed or checking a YouTube, you know, somebody's YouTube thing out or, you know, some tips and tricks or what have you. But there were like some fundamental portions of this game that you need to know and need to understand that the game just does not teach you. And they have to figure they, they, it would have been great if they could have figured out a narrative reason to give you some type of tutorial, some type of uh, introduction into the world of being a freelancer and what your javelins can do and how things work and all the systems and, and, you know, uh, how a combo works, what, what a multi, how a multi-kill is defined. There's a challenge that I have now called uh, reinforcements. I have no idea what a reinforcement is. I don't know how to reinforce my freelancers. I'm still at zero on that challenge. I have to look it up to figure out what's going on because there's nothing in the lore. There's nothing in the in the tutorials. There's nothing that I can read in the game itself that will give me an understanding of exactly what it is that I'm missing in order to figure out that thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Even that, something the, as simple as the... Um, I don't know if you've gotten to the point where you're getting like these masterwork uh, weapons, but... Even like the little inscriptions on the weapons, right. like you know, there's some obvious ones like weapon damage, but there's some that are like right. support, right? Uh, right. You know, and it's right. like very generic, yes, really very generic. And there's some right. that apply 
just to that weapon. There's some yes. that apply to every other weapon you have, and they just yes. they don't explain any of it. It's no. really weird. Yeah, and there's is, no yeah. like um, overall sort of stat screen where you can see like all the bonuses you have. Right. So yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of work that they need for sure. Yes. But right, my whole thing is uh, so like you said, the game isn't ready. Right. And and that's definitely been a common thread to me. I'm like, yeah. Can these games ever be ready? Well, these, I think uh, we're games I mean, as a service games. We're we're gonna see later on this week. Uh, if you guys are listening to this podcast, the the week it uh, the week it airs, um, and you know, guys on the radio, uh, th- this week later on in the week, we're gonna get uh, the division two. So we're gonna find out if any of these games can ever be yeah, ready because it hasn't happened uh, yet. Destiny right, one, right. Bungie, Destiny Bungie two, definitely wasn't ready with Division, Destiny Two, Warframe. Right, right. Like it hasn't happened yet. Right, right. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and so. Uh. I mean. But but the question is, or or really, if if Division Two releases and it kind of is ready, and you know, by by all accounts, it sounds like it is. What excuse does EA have? I hope so. Um. Be- because because the thing the thing for me is the timing of the game's release based on the 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 state of the game leads me to believe that this was a business decision and they're always oh, it's it always a business, a business de- sure. yeah it's always a business decision when a game is released um you know so I'm not naive enough to think that that's not the case but the fact of the matter is this game feels like it needed another two or three months, maybe, you know, and I'm just throwing a number out. It needed some more time, but more time would have meant that the game fell out of fiscal 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would have meant that it they wouldn't have made their year end goals. Um, so I, I, I hope that the game wasn't released to make sure that it 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 made it out. It was released before year end, and they're just you know they're just leaning on the developers to fix whatever holes that they knew that they were shipping a game that they couldn't stand behind one hundred percent. And and that's you know that's an unfortunate place to put the developers yeah, into yeah. the producers, the the community managed the community team. Um, the you know the the marketing teams it's it's a, it's a bad place to put all of those people in you know everyone that is making the game because you know the the goal is i think in their heads they've got a vision for the game i don't believe that the game that we received uh on launch was the the vision technically that they wanted to release to oh, i don't think so either people. i i think the whole point of these games is like you got to get them out, and there because because right. because you can't simulate the stuff no matter how many betas you have and that stuff. Sure. So you got to get it out, and then you got to just adapt. And right, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard because, like, somebody that buys a product should not have to think about how that product was made. It should just work. I think, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I feel like gamers can be so like just venomous. Oh and yeah, so, 100%. Like, 100%. Over the top. Yeah. Like oh, just yeah. saying the devs are stupid yeah. and yeah. BioWare yeah. is an idiotic yeah. company. Yeah. Because I'm like, yo, like and, and like yeah. people do the same thing with 
Bungie and Activision yeah. and with Ubi and Massive, and I'm just like, yo, like yeah. just yeah, chill. So fan, fan, been out fan, a week. right, right, yes. right. Fan, fanboys and fangirls um, are, you know, they they're called that because it's, you know, it's the it's uh, uh, the root of the word is is you know from fanatic from uh, fanatic. And, you know, when you're fanatical about something, that means you're very passionate and uh, gamers are passionate about uh, their pastime and about the genres for which they, you know, really, really enjoy. And and at times, uh, at a lot of times, it comes out in this vitriol. Um, and I think that the, the people that are most vitriolic are the people that are most passionate that are either, um, you know, very, or the, the most disappointed that a thing that they thought was going to be great wasn't as great as they thought it could be. And maybe it can never be as great as they thought it could be. Um, but I think that when you, when, you know, as, again, as we'll see with, with, with Ubisoft, but, you know, all reports are. Um, that uh, the division two is is the bee's knees. Um, so it will you know we'll see what happens when those people that were the division faithful uh, get get it get their hands on the division two and and uh, they're able to play around with those systems and see if if the game has improved markedly over um, both their expectations and the and its predecessor. Um, I think Ubisoft has, uh, of all of the companies um, around uh, that, you know, that are pumping out franchises in this way, Ubisoft has the greatest track record of um, taking a game that was uh, taking an original concept and innovating on on that concept to make a sequel that oh, yes. uh, really blows blows people away. Um, so, you know, so the. History says that Ubisoft's got a winner on their hands. Yeah, um, true. so yeah, so I, you know, I think that uh, the companies that are around can learn a thing or two from Ubisoft. Yeah, cool. So yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. You you've been uh, playing anything else? You've been uh... um. So I've been playing uh, some Apex Legends. Ooh. I still have not gotten a win. Um, you know, me neither. Apex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Apex Legends is it? Yeah, yeah. I've gotten a couple of seconds. Um, but uh, Apex Legends is is a thing. Um, too much to my chagrin. I have downloaded, but I have not played yet. Uh, speaking of Ubisoft, Trials uh, Rising. Rising? Trials Rising. Yeah. Um, I am a big, big, big Trials fan. Um, I love that is that is a game uh, that you can sit and play and get frustrated at, um, you know, for hours on end uh, and or or minutes on end. Uh, so I, I'm really, really looking forward to to diving back in, in, into that physics based world. Um, so, uh, yeah, shout, shout out to those guys. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So l- l- let's head into some of our news stories. Oh, news. Um, we're starting with a bit of a crazy one. Um, so Valve has been getting a lot of heat uh, over the past couple of years on their sort of inconsistent policies on what can publish on their service. And we've seen the rise of, you know, the other like Itch.io and 
and you know uh even discord is selling games twitch is selling games and of course epic now has taken a lot of games that would have gone to steam you know like uh the, like the division 2 and right. metro exodus and stuff um but man we have kind of a doozy of a story um <laughs> there is a uh developer of a game named rape day um yeah. this was a game that you know is is a visual novel that takes place during the uh, zombie apocalypse and essentially allows you to harass and abuse women. I mean, it's right in the title, so it's not like a side thing, you know? Um, and the developer said, like, he, he said, I've not broken any rules, so I don't see how my game could get banned unless Steam changes their policies. My game was properly marked as adult and with a thorough description of all the potentially offensive content. Um... <laughs> So, first of all, if someone that makes a game called Rape Day is saying, I've not broken your policies, like you probably need right. to change your policies. Right. That's number one. So, I'm, I'm almost like, whatever, this is some idiot that tried to get their thing published, but he wasn't really stopped until there was this outcry over it. Because the game was right. listed for coming soon on Steam, which is how people kind of found out about it. So, it made it through like what whatever initial algorithms... Or or initial like reviews that uh, Valve does um, for uh, for uh, submissions, um, and then Valve released a statement. Um, even you know, even though they kind of have as as like I said, these kind of inconsistent policies that essentially say, hey, like we believe in developer freedom, you can release anything. Uh, they like finally said, and I, I, I think it makes sense to read this whole thing in full. It's not too long, so I'll read it. Right. Um, over the yeah. past week, you may have heard about a game called Rape Day coming soon to Steam. Today, we've decided not to distribute the game on Steam. Given our previous communication about who gets to be on the Steam store, we think that the, that the decision warrants further explanation. Again, you shouldn't have to explain why you have to ban a game about raping, but whatever. Right. Anyway. Right. Uh, much of our policy about what we distribute is and must be reactionary. We simply have to wait and see what comes to us via Steam Direct. We then have to make a judgment call about any risk it puts to Valve, our developer partners, or our customers. After significant fact-finding and, and, and discussion, we think Rape Day poses unknown costs and risks and therefore won't be on Steam. Well, we respect developers' desire to express our, themselves, and the purpose of Steam is to help developers find an audience, but this developer has chosen content matter and a way of representing that makes it very difficult for us to help them do that. That is, like, such a hedging, like, thing. Like, I feel like instead of really putting their foot down and saying, yo, you can't make a game about raping people and sell it here. They're like, well, right. we respect your freedoms. You can kind of do it. But in this case, you know, it's, it's just too many costs and we can't make the risk. Like, I, I just get more and more disappointed with Valve every time something like this comes out. It just really shows that they just don't have a spine. Either they don't have a spine or they don't or they don't really believe in in getting rid of this kind of content. Like uh, it's almost like they would have did it if there wasn't like an outcry, you know? Yeah. So I, man, man. So they, they, uh, 
the uh, comments are ridiculous. Oh, yeah, uh, they're, they're 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 problematic, and and you know to say that there it poses unknown costs and risks. Yeah, um, is is just a weird a weird 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 thing to say. Um, I've gotta assume, and we just don't know, but I've gotta assume that this was this comment unlike the game itself was vetted by lawyers. Um, oh, of course. And before and before it was released, it was vetted by lawyers and and um there was a decision for each and every, you know, letter and word that was used there. Um I, I would have thought that it would have been easier to say that uh you know, as steam, you know, as the uh, the content deliverer, we reserve the right to refuse to sell anyone's game, mm-hmm. and we have decided to exercise that right here. Full stop. Yeah, you know, um, and and um, and you could call it a day and not have to worry about someone, some developer trying to get litigious with you with regards to uh, you not. Uh, 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 giving them a platform uh, right. or allowing them to use your platform to sell their game. Um, you know, anybody can make whatever the hell they want. You know, you want to make a game, you go ahead and make the game and you can make the game about whatever you want. Um, but, but, it, you know, obviously the, the bottom line is Steam has decided not to sell this, you know, dumpster fire of an idea. I don't know. The game could be amazing in terms of the systems, but like, uh, you know, I mean, the idea sucks. So um, that's the bottom line. They're not selling it, but uh, their messaging about it just again, like you said, it just makes them look worse uh, in 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 an area where um, their PR. I mean, this this is a company that went from four or five years ago. They were they were still riding the crest because they couldn't do any wrong. Um, to just just misstep after misstep after misstep, uh, and you know maybe they you know maybe they got too big, maybe there's something in the video game world that you know people are in this video game bubble where they just really believe that you know that nothing nothing they poop out stinks anymore, um, because we we continue to see this this like the sin of hubris continuing to rear his ugly head in this, in, in this industry. Um, you know, first it was with, you know, it was with the console manufacturers, you watch publishers do it. Uh, and now we're watching steam do it again. It seems like that they just feel like, Oh, well we can say a thing and you know, where are people going to go? We're, you know, we're fine. We're steam, you know, we are the content deliverers. Uh, and now they're not. They're not the capital T H E uh, content deliverers anymore. You know, they're still number one, but they're losing. They're losing ground really, really fast. And Epic is that. Epic is the company that Valve was six years ago, seven years ago. Um, and and you know, if they don't watch out, they'll become irrelevant. And Epic will take all up, take up all the air, because they're making all the money right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that they did get too, I think they were too big. And it's not just about the size, but it's like, like you said, 10 years ago, if you told somebody not to sell their game on Steam, 
they'd be like, well, where am I going to make money? Like, that's where all the right. users are, you know? Right. And now that you have all these other options, and I understand that Valve is a developer and they want to be pro developer. So they're trying to not have as many restrictions. Like, you have to have an ethical line. And just presenting something like, well, the cost, uh, like a cost benefit analysis on right. like rape day, like make a stand, you know? Like, it makes me think. If somebody tries to put some super racist game or, or like a or 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 like whatever on there, my I would hope that they would just say no. This is not allowed. It violates our policies. But their policy is we allow anything, unless right. it's like illegal. Basically, I mean that's essentially what their policy says. I mean it is just a mess, and it just makes me so glad that there's other options for me to get games. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I really do. Uh, I, man, I hope that uh, Valve wakes up and they start to realize that. Oh yeah, you know what? We uh, we have competition now, and and we need to uh, operate our business uh, like we have like we have competition, and and we can't be pro developer. Um, and, and, and in fact, I would say that you are being pro developer when you tell someone who makes, uh, who uses an atrocious idea to try and, uh, you know, use that as the, the, uh, the jumping off point for a video game, for a game. When you say, no, I'm not going to put this on your, on, on our platform. This is ridiculous. And, and, you know, and shame, you know, shame on Valve for not vetting the game, you know, getting it, letting it get to a point where there had to be a social media outcry. Yeah, exactly. In order for, in, you know, in order for them to, to pull the game down. You're helping a, de- a dev who, if the dev is trying to make a game and not make money, then you make whatever you want. Who cares if anyone buys it? You made it. Right. But if you're if the idea is I'm going to make this game and people are going to pay me to play the game, then you have there is some level of responsibility you have in the idea being marketable. And that idea is not marketable. Or if it is, it is it is to a very, very, you know, uh uh, minute group of people or a very niche group of people. I'm not even going to call them minute, but you need to go and find where that niche is and, and put your content up there. Yeah. But remember that valve said that, you know, the whole reason they're explaining themselves is because they said, given our previous communication about what belongs on the store. And I just opened up that communication and they explicitly say we've decided the right approach is to allow everything onto the steam store except for things we decide are illegal or straight up trolling so that means according to their policy this this rape isn't illegal game is uh, is qualifies for the store right like it's not illegal and i I believe it's not troll. i haven't seen the game but i don't know like this is somebody that seriously thought that this was a thing so yeah Valve is shooting themselves in the foot by having these crazy yeah. policies and they're going to yeah. be forced to defend themselves as more, as more developers because like this got news. So I bet right. you there's going to be some other devs that are, that are going to try to pull through some craziness. Like, man, it's just, it's just sad, man. Val, Valve is a sad, they've been a really sad story for the last couple of years. And 
Yeah. I just, as, as you said, I don't know if it's new leadership. I don't know if they need to just get knocked down a peg. Like, I don't know. Okay. But, man, it's, it is really sad days for a company that I used to look look on pretty positively. Yeah, for, absolutely. For keeping PC gaming alive. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy. Not, not Yeah, good. yeah. But, hey, hey, you know, uh, the the one thing you can't stop is change. Uh and and you know, that is part of the evolution of the industry, that is part of uh the circle of life. Mm, uh good, so, good. thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so uh let's hop to some E3 news. Um, oh yeah, that's a conference that's coming up, and I'm not dreading at all. Oh, of course not. Uh, <laughs> so we've known that EA has pulled out of E3 for a couple years now, and they've had their own event, EA Play, in like Hollywood. So it was like you know, like a little bit of a drive from from downtown LA sure, in the convention yeah. center. But it's it's been cool because it's been this like fan center thing where it's just like I yes, there 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 is a press time, and there is like a creator's cave for content creators and like that kind of stuff. But the big draw is anybody can buy a ticket and just go. And the place is like mobbed and like, and like right. you like get to play all the new EA sports games and you get to play like, you know, like your other, like your need for speeds. And like, now I'm assuming like your they might have some Anthem DLC or something. Yeah. I like got to play some of the early like battlefield stuff, you, you know, there. Right. So you know, EA obviously publishes a lot of games, so like there's a lot of different different games there. So not only are they starting way earlier because they're starting the Friday before now. E3 starts on a Tuesday, so they're right. really starting early now. Right. And more importantly, they announced that they are not doing a, a press conference. Um, they've always had the traditional E3 press conference at EA Play. And now they're like, yo, we're just doing some live streams. And that's that's it. Yeah. So it's not only that they've pulled out of E3, which again I've argued is, you know, losing its it's it it's like a relevance for these companies, but the press conference, like the hallmark of this thing, they're deciding isn't even important for their own thing. Because you can just live stream and show fans and, and like get like more time there so i think that you know i guess it's not really signaling the death of e3 because they've already left e3 but i think that it's again showing that these big press conferences um which you know like the press conferences alone are super expensive oh yeah also the idea of having a press conference in an era where you have like nintendo directs and like the um Xbox just went on Twitch and announced a a bunch of stuff. Sony goes on Twitch, announces a bunch of stuff, you know, like in that kind of like era, do you need this classical like press conference? Uh, What, what do you think? See, do you, do you think, do you think that the idea of the gaming press conference is uh, here to stay or is it uh, going by the wayside? Uh, Well, selfishly, I will say that I I hope they stay because uh, you know I'm just starting to get a chance to get to them, and they are spectacles. They are they are, sure. they are uh they are a sight to behold, um and uh they you know being in the room for those types of things is better than watching it 
um, on, you know, on TV, on your computer, whatever it is, your phone. Um, and and uh, so I, I hope they remain so that I will have the opportunity to go to all of them but but uh, but you know from from you know from a practical standpoint um you know uh, man uh, man i hate to get real uh deep and existential on you i'm mad woke son um but i you know i wonder how much gaming news matters um, you know, for, for the, for the people that it, for, for the people for whom it matters, it matters a lot. But I'm wondering if that segment of people is growing smaller by the day. Because if I talk to someone who is, you know, younger than 20, right? Which as I get older, my, my opportunities to do that <laughs> decrease exponentially. But if and when I do, and I talk to them about E3 or I talk to them about uh, press conferences. Like if I've run into somebody, some kid who's a gamer uh, and I'm trying to humble brag that, oh, yeah, you know, spot on me podcast. Blah, 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 and I'm going to PAX East, blah, 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 which, you know, Reef and I will be at PAX East. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, they're like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, we went to E3. And they're like, what is that? Um, you know, but they play games and they just happen to know they, they're on YouTube. Somebody's got a game. They play that game. They, you know, they watch the videos, that kind of stuff. They don't care where that information comes from. As far as they're concerned, that information is coming from the, the person that they're watching on YouTube or the person that they're watching on Twitch. They don't know that that person is also going to some conference. Yeah, but that's still gaming news. It's just a different way of giving it. Fair enough. Like if you Fair get enough. your gaming news Fair from enough. Ninja. But and like so he's talking I, about his experience at E3, you're still getting the news. It's just filtered through that. Yeah, racist, but uh, well, uh, right, right. That. Well, I mean, but that's <laughs> but that's that's the that's the thing is like, um, if I'm looking for regular news, am I getting it off of someone's blog, or am I getting it from CNN? Now he may be getting, or you know, he or she may be getting that news from CNN. And then putting their own spin on yes, it. Yes, it's filtered. Yes, absolutely. Right. But, but like, and you'll say that they're still getting the news, but are they really getting the news? They're getting someone's opinion of yes. the news. I, yes. But and, I would and, argue that that's always what it is. If you watch it on CNN, you're getting their version of the news. If you read it in the paper, well, like this I mean, isn't like the Dan Rather, well, the old it, Dan Rather. Uh, right. It's, this isn't right. like it's, the Walter Conkrite. Cronkite right. days of news like it's right it's all well i mean you know presented to a certain kind of person it's it's supposed to be i agree right sure yeah. but but yeah so so uh so the the point is that it it doesn't from a from a cost benefit analysis it doesn't make sense to put on the press conference at e3 Renting a venue, doing all that stuff, blah 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 blah. You know, the, a, a venue with with a thousand seats in it, um, where you're giving away all of these chotskis and you've got to have higher security. You got to do all these things when you could rent a studio, have space for thirty, and do the same thing and just broadcast it on the internet. It's going to cost you 
you know, it's going to be a fraction of the cost of an E3 press conference and it's going to going to have effectively the same reach. Um, and, 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 uh, and you get to control the message for that day. Um, man, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I would love for them to stick around. The thing that I'm most upset about is the fact that last year EA play started on Saturday and uh when i fly in for e3 uh i usually fly in on saturday as like my buffer day so that i can you know get settled maybe see some people that i you know that i know in town that aren't you know related to the games industry and just kind of get ready for sunday through through uh, thursday um but this this past year was it started on Saturday and that was rough. I came in on Saturday and I had to hit the ground running. And now they're talking about starting on Friday. Man, get out of here. I'm not coming. I'm not coming on Friday. Well, you coming on Thursday. Not, you going on right, Thursday. Right. I'm right. I'm not doing that, man. I got a job. You know, like this is this is this is a job, but this is a job that doesn't pay me a lot of money except for you guys on Patreon, patreon.com slash spawn on me. Um, but like, I I can't, I can't just keep taking time off because y'all decide y'all want to creep further, further away from the thing that's making everybody come to, to LA in the first place. That just, it like, Logically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. To it me. makes sense for them, but I understand it doesn't fit your selfish desires of. Uh, That's right, and that, your PTO look, to line up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, Yeah, hey, look. They should. They should have consulted me before True. they made these. Now, made these choices. Microsoft probably did consult you. Uh, they always this, do, baby. There's some rumors oh. of a disc, a discless Xbox One S. Yes, the, the stubs, you know, stubnostications. Yeah, stubnostications. They, hap- they uh, happen. The great stubnosticator. Uh, yeah, the rumored code name is Maverick, and this thing yeah. might be coming out uh, for pre-orders in mid-April. Mid-April, right? It's like six weeks yeah. from now. Yep. Um, and with availability in May. So this is, if this is true, this is a pre-E3 like pretty bombshell announcement i mean it's not a new yeah. console it's the one yeah. s but it'll probably be cheaper because it's just it's just cheaper to make them plus you're losing a major piece of like hardware in the right. drive um right. you know so imagine them like selling this bundled up with game pass or something like that you just automatically sub, have this sub 200 they're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. What, sub 200 bucks what do you think see do you think this is a you think this is cool uh no, I think it's horrible. Uh, of course I think it's uh, of course I think it's cool. Um, you know the the funny the funniest part of this is that the news so far the 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 scuttlebutt around the internet about this has been overwhelmingly positive, and only a few people have picked up on on this little uh, nugget. This is a little gem. This ironically enough, uh, if this Maverick console uh turns out to be true. Uh, what the official title is the Xbox One S All Digital Edition, which um, you know it, it acronyms out to Xbox Sad E, 
<laughs> so, <laughs> but but or if Sade. it if it do, or Sade. Sade or Xbox Sade, yeah, which is you know which is which is stronger than Pride. I would buy so, that. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Word up, word up. I won't pretend. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe they did consult us. Um, so the <laughs> they did so, tell us. So right. So. Um, the the interesting thing is that it brings us right back in line with the Xbox One launch where they were talking about, um, you know, essentially making the physical drive for gaming useless um, with the with the, you know, the game sharing and the always online and all that other stuff. It, you know, we really were really coming back to that initial yeah. idea. Um, now, you know, especially with a, a box with a fit with a, uh, you know, with no physical media attachment on it. Um, this is great for a price point. The one thing that I will say that that uh, does put it at a disadvantage is it removes one of the greatest advantages that the the one S and the one X have over its competitor, the PlayStation four, which is. It has a 4K Blu-ray drive in it. It is the only console with a 4K Blu-ray drive, the best 4K Blu-ray drive that is available. Um, as we see more and more people leave, leaving physical media in, in all formats, um, both, you know, for gaming and for, uh, you know, for media in general. Uh, it, it definitely makes sense. You obviously still have the option to go ahead and, and get a, a console, uh, an Xbox console with a 4K Blu-ray player in it, if you'd like. Um, but uh, you know this this is be this is this is going to be interesting. I'm wondering. We haven't really heard about the specs. Obviously, it's a one S. So the so uh, in terms of the chipset and and memory and everything else, I expect that to be the same. The the big question, of course, is uh, or the two questions. The big two questions are. Uh, number of USB ports mm-hmm. and hard drive size. Biggest, biggest question is hard drive massive size. Massive hard drive. What, what's a massive hard drive? Okay, I don't think they will do this, but massive would be like three terabytes, four terabytes. Okay. I don't think they'll do okay. that because that would make the price go too high, especially if they're trying to go SSD on it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I don't think it's SSD. I don't think I think so. they could pull out a SSD if it's like but I think that like, that'd make it a lot smaller. That'd make it like one terabyte or one and a half terabyte. Right. 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 And I think I that they probably want to so. go bigger than that. Right. So I, I so I bought an Xbox I bought the original Xbox One S, um, which came with uh, a two terabyte hard drive. Uh I envision this uh the Xbox Sade to uh, also have a two terabyte hard drive okay, okay. in it um, for sub $200. I think that that is the sweet spot. The hard drive size is large enough and cheap enough that they can mass produce um, this particular unit with uh with all of that all of those components for less than two hundred dollars for to be the cheapest current gen console available Uh, and and um definitely expect 
with that console a, a at least a three month uh, pass to uh, Game Pass subscription, um, which I think right now is it. I think it's thirty bucks. Uh, you know, you don't get any uh, discounts on that. So, uh, so yeah. So you'll. I think they'll bundle in a thirty dollar value because think about it this way: if you guys are parents and you have a child going off to college, mm-hmm. um, one of the, the best gift that you could get a broke college student is a two hundred dollar console that has a subscription service to it that will allow them to download games. You know. They may not be all the games. They may not be all the best games, but there are very good games, and they'll be able to play and a lot of them, and a lot of them. All right, so let's uh, let's move into our final story here. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, talk about it because we like to be on a good. Uh, we we want to end on a good thing. Um, yeah. NBA Two K League uh, has been yeah. an esports league, you know by. Uh, 2K Sports that's been really growing to, to the point now where they have, you know, David Stern, you know. No, uh, Adam Silver. Sorry, Adam Silver. Yeah, not not David Stern. Hey, maybe 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 they could bring him back. Maybe they could bring Yeah, David, David Stern, Stern as the, the 2K commissioner. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Comes in like Vince McMahon. You're a fired. Exactly. I, I, I just hate all these tattoos and right, right. You know, baggy pants. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um yeah so i mean you, you, you know like they they have drafts and and like yeah and like they have different teams in different cities you know so like yes. the new york knicks have a team the yeah the the team. the inaugural champion world champion knicks gaming get it right put some respect on their name world yeah well the actual Knicks lost to the Suns. So. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. But <laughs> Knicks gaming, Knicks gaming are the champions. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, and oh, uh, also, subnostication. I did say that also, that we would see a, a Knicks gaming championship before we'd see a Knicks championship. Well, I mean, come on. What kind of subnostication is that? Like, Hey, it happened. It happened. Okay, fine. I subnosticate that uh, we'll see a Warriors championship uh, before a Knicks championship. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> All right, let's get to the story. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Warriors Gaming Squad, you know, is like the Golden yes. State Warriors uh, affiliate 2K team. Um, they selected the first female player yes. um, in the – History of the league in the two year history of the league. Um, Chiquita Evans. Yes. Um, and yeah, so like uh, she, she was the uh, second pick in the fourth and like a final round. Uh, she was one of two people in the draft pool, which is about 198 folks. Right. Um, you know, like they have tryouts and qualifiers and all that stuff. Right. You know, they, mm-hmm. they had a 7,000 player combine. Right. Uh, not sure what goes on in the 2K combine. I'm I'm not sure if it's just digital versions of people like uh, running and jumping right. and stuff. No, yeah, they got to do vert. You got to smash A, smash A. <laughs> yeah, home. yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, man, it's 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 like super cool. Also, like she's 30 years old, which yeah, yo, you're not supposed to say a lady's age, but uh, shout out to you, uh, think... Chiquitai one two six. She out here. 
But yeah, also uh she you know, she's from the shy, so she's a rider. So she ain't gonna let any of that stuff stand anyway. But uh yeah, man. Shout out shout out to Ch- uh Chiquita Evans. Uh shout out to the two K League. Uh Chiquita, go get that money. Uh these cats are getting paid. They were at, at one point last year were getting paid more than G League players. For sure. Um and 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 we're getting paid some of them more than uh WNBA players. So uh now they they have also received uh so all of those leagues have also received uh raises. Uh so players are going to be making uh the same amount as the their esports counterparts. Um but also uh the esports league has raised the uh Raise the salaries from thirty five thousand is, uh, I think, anywhere from thirty two thousand to thirty seven thousand, uh, based on who you are and maybe the draft status or or seniority with a team, uh, what have you. I didn't, I haven't gone over uh the two K draft yet to see if uh teams have kept uh any of the players from from the previous years, uh, and you know exactly how that stuff works with their rosters. Uh, but I'd be really interested in, in checking that out. And I'm super excited uh, to see what 2K League in the second year has to do. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to bring somebody to Chicago to talk authoritatively on uh, the 2K League in the coming weeks. Awesome. Cool. Well, that is episode t- uh, 279 of the Spawn Army podcast. Uh, see, can you give us the social media business? Uh, social media business is as follows. Uh, all your social media platforms go to Spawn on Me. Check that out right there. Follow us there. If you want to follow us individually, check the bios. All our stuff is there. Uh, Spawn on Me podcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, uh, and then, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash spawn on me to donate a little as a dollar a month. Catch the after shows. Catch the wonderful Spawn on Me after dark. We've got a lot of, Great stuff and surprises uh, behind that uh, Patreon curtain for you guys. Uh, just go ahead and contribute. Just let let everybody know how dope Bricago is. Uh, every Tuesday, you can check this show out uh, on your favorite podcatcher. If, if it's a place where you can rate and review, please do so. Obviously, subscribe and tell your friends. But also tell your friends that in Portland, 1 p.m. Pacific on Tuesdays, that we are on xray.fm. 91.1 and 107.1 on your FM dial. Make sure you stay tuned and check us out. Dope, dope, dope. No uh, funny sounding email address, so we're good. Yeah. Um, all right, that is it for us. Thank you so much, people. We will be back next week. Have a great week. Uh, go, go see Captain Marvel. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> and we say peace. Peace. Hey.